This is Jane Tabachnik, founder of Simply Good Press. And if you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, then you should listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey, hey, everyone. Today, we've got the founder of Simply Good Press, Jane Tabachnik. We get into why it's so important to work with impact-driven people. Jane explains that if it's not in your zone of genius, you need to look to have someone else do it for you. And Jane lets us know about a new program called Magnify Your Message to create more revenue streams by getting visible. Check it out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do that, we have got the founder of Simply Good Press, Jane Tabachnik. Jane, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hello. Absolutely. When the when the listeners out there realize all the value, all the gold nuggets that you're dropping out there today, and they want to reach out and and connect or and possibly work with you, what's the best way personally or socially for them to reach out and connect with you? Yeah. So if they go to Simply Good Press, it'll bring them to my website. And I just launched a really fun assessment called the Visibility Assessment. And it takes just a minute to complete and it'll give you some information on where you're at and opportunities to create more visibility and more authority positioning. So I encourage people to take that and also check out my blog. I'm told there are some good informative posts there. Yeah, absolutely. And take take Jane up on that. I need to do that after the after we get off the shows. I need to go there, take that free assessment. Because if you're listening to this, you're probably looking for more exposure, the right exposure and and how you get there. And and Jane is, and this isn't Jane saying this, but this is the research that our team has done. Jane is the expert in this area. She is she is one of the activators, the results leader in this. So please, I urge you, take her up on it, go over there, and then reach out to her. So are you ready? Let's let's dive into this. I'm ready. Awesome. So, you know, our ability to learn and have access to people, it's changed, you know, pretty drastically over the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, it was textbooks and teachers, friends, family, coworkers, you know, the people around us. And we had a little bit of that conversation before you and I hopped on the interview. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Oh my goodness. It's changed dramatically. So in the dark ages, when I was born, there was no internet. You know, we had a set of encyclopedias in my house, the world book, and we use them. And now um, I can't remember one family dinner, lunch, whatever, where someone doesn't pull out the phone to look something up. So at our fingertips on the go, not just sitting at our desk, we've got the ability to research anything and get results within seconds. And I just love that, whether it's trivia, whether it's facts, or whether it's how to do something. It's just an incredible tool. And I think a lot of people don't take advantage of it. Yeah, my favorite really is find, you know finding random trivia or facts or just the how-tos. Like if you think about it, YouTube University, that's... Uh, 
I learned I was from the dark ages as well. We didn't have the internet when I was first in school, but I, I love being able to go to YouTube. And if I want to go lay tile floor, which I won't anymore because I finally realized where's my highest and best use. But when I wasn't a father, I wasn't a, a business owner. I'm like, I can do anything whenever I want. Now it's best to outsource that, but you can learn anything for free. So true. And you know, what's interesting. I have found that when I need directions on how to use a product that I've bought, Often YouTube University has better directions than what the company puts out. So I often go there because I'm also a visual learner. So it's very easy for me to follow a video. You can also stop it, rewind it, slow it down, speed it up. So, so many opportunities there. Yeah. To sit there and say, I don't have access to X, Y, and Z, depending on what that X, Y, and Z is is really a thing of the past. It's really an excuse that we've outlaid and allows us to use our past to define why we're where we're at and what we don't know. So love it, love it. All right, kind of staying in that realm, we have more ways, you know, YouTube University, more ways to take in information than ever before. And the problem with that is it can actually become confusing. It can be almost information overload. Some people, they look for a mentor, a mastermind, uh, an online course, lots of ways to learn. Who are you currently learning from? And more importantly, how did you connect with them? Oh, such a good question. So um, I, there are a couple of people that I, I mean, there are a number of people that I follow online, either on Twitter, I'm on their newsletter list, or I've been listening to them on Clubhouse, that new, <laughs> we could talk about that. Um, but there, there are a couple of people that I follow, Gita Nankarni, who I'm about to start coaching with. And Samantha Hartley, and uh, those are the two that come to mind first. And what I love about them is they're they're whip smart, they're full of integrity, and uh, they're you know they're looking to make an impact in the world. So that means a lot to me. They're not just look. We all have to make a living, so there's nothing wrong with being out there to make a living, make more money. But there are ways, as we've all experienced, where people can be salesy, push in, you know, yeah pretty unpleasant. And having been in the internet marketing space for a while, I've seen a heck of a lot of that. And it's such a turnoff to me, especially after having seen it for so long. So there are people who have the knowledge that I'm looking for, and they resonate with me on a, you know, on a human level and an integrity level. That's really important. Yeah. You, you really want them to match your yes. mission, vision, and values, your MVB. And, and, and if not, it's doesn't make them a bad person or, or anything. It's just that friction right there isn't going to help you move the needle and move forward. And you, you brought up something there, internet marketing, just human psyche, the clubhouse, the, you know, there was a lot right there, but I want to ask you, because this is your area. I see a lot of ads out there that are pointing out the pain points. It's like pain point, pain point, pain point. I'm just like you. And it's sales by pain point. And I, I almost, you, you almost can see that long copy every time. And it's like this, it's the same person that's, that has taught everyone how to do pain point, pain point. I'm just like you. I messed up. I did this. I kind of, would you mind diving into like, was there one central organization yeah. or person or group that like created this? And, and why are we always trying to sell yeah. to the pain? And, and just constantly poking yeah, I love that, that question, Brandon. So the thing is that people buy for two reasons. They want to eliminate a pain or pleasure. They're, they're moving towards pleasure. So one of the ways that's been taught, I don't actually know who is responsible or the 
not one person or the number of people, but from that school of selling through pain is that you're hitting frustrations people have, things that, you know, that big hairy problem they're trying to solve. And you're trying to make yourself relatable by telling those stories. And that's good if it's really true. Some of those you read them and you think that just feels hollow, you know, and I have to say, I get it, but I usually am more personally drawn to the positive where someone's painting a picture of where I want to be and saying, you know, I struggled till I figured this out. So they're being relatable. Like I didn't just wake up and I was the king or queen of the, the castle, whatever, the, the, they mastered or succeeded at that I would like to achieve, but they say, you know, it wasn't always like this. It was a process. I'm not going to kid you because anyone who says it's all unicorns and roses, you should run because they're not being real with you. And, you know, I, I think maybe I'm sometimes a little bit too real with my clients, but I like them to have realistic expectations because I want them to succeed. And I don't want them to keep thinking, oh my God, I haven't achieved this. I haven't achieved that. What's wrong with me? I'm a failure. I'll never be able to do it. Or all those terrible things we say to ourselves. And I'm I'm as guilty as anybody else. That negative self-talk is there. And it's something, you know, I struggle with. But to give someone a realistic picture gives them hope. Yeah, I can do this. And it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. And and one of the things you said there, so I'm going to, I'm going to put on my student hat or the coachee, the person that's being coached. I can tell you being honest and real. And maybe you said you're sometimes maybe you're a little too, too oh, yeah. doing that. It, it is the best thing in the world. The coaches that I have, one of the things that's like, you know, an unbreakable is like, they don't, ha- don't sugarcoat it. Like, let us know the realistic thing in there and let us know when we're sidestepping. So I think that's great. And that's, uh, then this, I'm speaking to the listeners right now. That's the coach or the mastermind and the people you want to surround yourself with the challengers. You know, you've got cheerleaders, challengers, and crabs, and you want that challenger <laughs> because without it, geez, what, what do we have? So I love that you sat there and you said that. All right. You know, talking about people in general, I think from time to time we get stuck and we don't know how to execute what's inside our head. The world's still going through a pandemic, but to me, it's causing a reset and how we're able to accomplish things where we prioritize what's important and how we solve problems. How have masterminds helped you when you're looking to reset and kind of get out of your own way and accomplish things? Yeah, I love that. So I actually am currently in two masterminds. One of them has been going for just over a year, and the other one just started. And both of them came out of programs, coaching programs that I had joined, and the mastermind was formed uh, to help us get more out of the program. Not that the program was deficient in any way, but the first program, the mastermind that's been going for over a year was about building a sales funnel. And if any of you who are listening have done that, there's a lot of technology involved. And okay, I'm part geek. Anyone who knows me, people call me, they call me the tech tool guru. They'll call me and say, you know, what app should I use for this? So I'm fairly techy, but building a funnel is like a whole thing unto itself. You've got all these moving parts and systems that have to talk to each other. And it's it's a lot. And it can confound even the most experienced techie person. And so uh, just having the support of the group, there was one day I was going to give up. I got to the point, all my systems were ready, but they weren't talking to each other and I couldn't find the problem. 
And I was just ready to give it up. I just was beyond frustrated. I'd spent money on the tech. I'd, I'd watched the videos that the coach prepared and YouTube offered. <laughs> so I had, I had just looked at it and I couldn't figure it out. And they were like, you can do it. You're so close. And so there's the encouragement. There's the support. And what I also love is the fresh perspective. So what you have is some people who have your back. They're there to support you. But they'll also say to you, you know, I don't think that sales copy is really working or I don't think it feels like you. When I speak to you, I get this impression, but the sales copy doesn't feel like you. So they'll give you loving but constructive feedback, not just, yes, you're great, because that doesn't help. That's, you know, that's not the kind of support that we ultimately need, even though you might like it in the minute. So I think that that has been really helpful. And then also they've given me ideas looking at what I've been working on. They would say, have you thought about this? Or I wish there was a tool or a program that did that. And I think you have the knowledge to create it. So by getting to know you, they know some of your strengths, your expertise, and they start to see possibilities for you that maybe you haven't seen for yourself, which is just incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. One of the things you you, you talked about there was uh, system reliability. And you had all these different pieces. And let's say there's three pieces and each one's working at 90%. Well, hey, why isn't this working? I've got an A in the percentile. But really, if you got three pieces all working at 90%, they're only working at a total of 73% because that's what happens when you have all the things. And when you go to a mastermind and we take a look at it from a technology standpoint or a human standpoint, the system reliability jumps up because now you've got other people coming in. And, and mixing and helping you with those parts to make it a stronger system overall. So, yes, so true. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's like having, you know, a coach support team on call because we have a, my one um, group has a Facebook messenger chat and like, I had a weird thing happen this morning and I just, not weird, bad, but, you know, just kind of a little odd and I wasn't sure how to handle it. And so I just posted and said, Hey guys, this just happened. What do you, what do you think I should do? And so I got some great feedback and, you know, having that on tap is just incredible. But I will also say this particular year has been phenomenal. I didn't plan the mastermind so that I'd have support going through this pandemic. I've always had a home-based office, but with the, you know, with the pandemic, I don't leave the house that much. So having my mastermind has just been an additional gift for me because we meet religiously Monday, late afternoon. We're there. We haven't missed a week yet. Yeah. One or two people will miss a week because life happens, but there's always at least two of us there every week. Yeah. It's an accountability. It's the accountability yes. buddy. It's the people that are showing up, they're standing up and they're wanting to level up in what they're doing and surrounding themselves with the right people. And and we can go on and on, but, you know, it's kind of staying in the realm of masterminds. They've been around for a while. You know, if you think about it, probably the first one was the apostles and then Benjamin Franklin, he creates the Junto club or the Le leather apron club. And then this guy by the name of Napoleon Hill, don't know if you've heard of him. He writes a book. Yes. And, and, and it kind of rounds out so people have an understanding of what they've been in, which is a mastermind. Where do you see the parallels going? You know, we talked about this a little bit before our conversation. Where do you see the parallels going between standard education versus self-education? Yeah, such a good question. You know, there is a place for standard education. I think we all benefit from having a common core, not meaning the common core that's sometimes referred to in the educational world, but a common base of knowledge. 
And also, I think we get socialization, especially as young kids through um, going to school, which is valuable. But there's so much information out there now that we can customize what we want to learn when we want to learn it. And it can be so much more valuable because I know when I learn something, especially if it's like a new software I plan to use, like when I was building the funnel, I went through the training two months before I was ready to build it. I had to go watch it again because until for me, this is my the way I learn, and it may be different for some of the listeners, but until I put my hands on something and start to use something, I don't totally understand it like in a tactile way. It's like I, I'm touching it. It may just be through the keyboard. I'm not touching a software per se, but until I go through it and experience it, I can't really wrap my head and mind around it. So watching the tutorial too far in advance, it didn't stay with me. So I think having that ability to get the education when you need it and can apply it is just so valuable. And it also can save you time. Like, you know, yeah, I could take a course on Excel spreadsheets, but ultimately I don't use them that much. Would it be good to know occasionally? Yeah, maybe, you know, I can use them well enough. And actually uh, I kind of downgraded from QuickBooks to Excel because QuickBooks just annoyed me and I was having a lot of problems. And I thought to myself last week, as I was rounding out the accounting from last year, you know, I think I can have someone create a custom spreadsheet for me to put a couple of functions into it to make it so I don't have to do, you know, a little bit of calculating or or sort of like hitting the auto sum, you know, the features built in. And it's like, I don't need to know how to do that. There's someone who loves to do it, who's better at it, who I can hire on Upwork to just tell them exactly what I need. So, you know, not studying things that aren't going to really be used by you or aren't going to move you forward. Don't excite you or move you into your zone of genius just is not always the best use of your time. Yeah, I love that. And if you ever do need some help on Excel, you, you can just message me. No problem. I love oh, I geek out on it. Good to know. So, it's a, I mean, it's yeah. a great tool. It is. It, it is a great tool and, and, and for a lot of different reasons. But here's the thing. the the What you mentioned is true. Like if it's not your zone of genius, then you need to look to yes. outsource. If you can't afford to, how much is it costing you to, to spend eight hours in a day to figure out how to do it only to bang your head against the wall? Just just think about where your time and your energy yes. needs to and, go. And you know, I think I just want to stay on that for just a minute. I think that's a mistake, especially younger or newer entrepreneurs make is that you really need to factor in your time. If you were to bill, let's say, $100 an hour as an easy way to, to just do an equation and something took you two hours, whereas you could hire someone who's you know expert at it and it would take them two hours, you really spent more than you needed to spend because if it took you 10 hours, that's $1,000. And if you were paying them probably even less than 100 an hour, maybe they were $50 an hour, that's the equivalent of one hour of your time. And you'd be so much more happy, free. You'd have all that other time to do something. And they're probably going to do it better than you, the result you got in the end anyway. Yeah. yeah. Smarter, faster. You, you want to surround yourself with smarter, faster, harder people than you. And, and there's, there's things out there. You just said Upwork is one of them. And there's, there's other ones out there, but I've used Upwork. So if you don't know what that is, take a look. You can, you can outsource people at a reasonable price that can get it done faster and better than yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. So. And, you know, there's something to be said about staying in your 
zone of genius and doing the things that give you joy. Yes, you have to make money and being in business. Sometimes you have to sweep the floor or do something, clean a toilet, whatever it is that maybe you don't love doing. And that's okay. And, you know, I think it it's good to be willing to roll up your sleeves, but there's so many skills that so many hats you have to wear and really to stick with the ones you're really, really good at that really do bring you joy and outsource the rest. Because we live in this economy where you can hire someone for three hours a week or just for that one project, a one-off. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a coffee mug that sits there and says janitor of the broom closet because I don't care what my title is at the end of the day. Like doesn't really matter. Titles are meaningless when you're when you're in the entrepreneurial world, when you have your own business and you need to look to be efficient. So typically when when someone invests in their future, they've got a better than vague idea of what the outcome is. They have an expectation. If if they put in the work, you know, because we, we need to be accountable to ourselves, just because something doesn't work doesn't mean it's the coaches or masterminds fault. We have to account for ourselves. But what should people expect when they enter Jane's reality and work with you? Well, I will tell them like it is in a loving way. I'm not about, you know, being mean, but I like to give people some constructive feedback and show them opportunities and they, it's up to them what they want to do with them. So that might be, you know, I think your website could do more for you. It could present a more professional or realistic picture of all your capabilities. It's not showcasing you. You're not shining. And I, I experience you that way, but I don't think visitors to it would experience that. That's just one example. But also, I think that uh, one of the values I bring for my clients is showing them possibilities that they haven't seen for themselves. So I'm kind of, if you will, left brain, right brain. So big picture, 30,000 foot type view, but also I'm good in the weeds with details. And uh, so providing a combination of that bigger picture looks like this, but here's you know, where you can make that improvement, like add this one thing to your website, add it right here. <laughs> that would be the best spot for it. So very specific and, you know, balance and then to have some fun with it and to really also helping my clients or students to really know what they should be doing and what they should consider outsourcing. Yeah. So make because them more efficient. Yeah, there's a finite amount of time. And even if you could work 14 hours, it's exhausting and you'll burn out. So, you know, be smart about it. And, you know, I wanted to go back to something you said earlier that I think would be worth focusing on. I think it's really good to be willing to not be the smartest person in the room. I think it's easier to get a little bit stuck in ego and wanting to to shine. And that's great. I mean, it's great to to want to share your expertise and to be recognized for it. But by surrounding yourself with people who are a step ahead of you, who maybe have a little bit more success or where you want to be, maybe not 10 steps ahead of you, because that might not be a match, but to who, who are just a little bit ahead of you and maybe a little smarter, maybe in some ways, not every way, is just giving yourself a gift. So I would encourage people to do that and to be willing to do that, to be the student, to not know everything and not be afraid to ask questions. Like if you don't know a term or you don't know something, there really are no stupid questions. And if you're with the right group of people, no one would treat you like you had asked a stupid question or, you know, or made a mistake. Yeah. One of the things that I've learned in the last few years is when someone presents me with a statement, a question or whatever it is, I understand the words coming out of their mouth. And I'll just look at them and be like, hey, I, I get the the words you're using, but I'm not understanding how you're 
asking me. And it's more important to sit there and say, hey, I get it, but I'm not getting this aspect of it. They'll respect you more because it helps them. They realize they might need to reframe how they present something to someone. And at the same time, you're not talking out of your left cheek, sitting there answering a question that they weren't even asking you. Yeah. I think that's such a good reminder about clear communication and really the power of listening, not just to what they're asking, but maybe the question behind it or the motivation behind it. Like maybe they don't understand like the whole constellation of what you've been talking about. And that question is just trying to help them like get the whole big picture. And it's not really about the little detail they asked about. Yeah, I can tell you a real quick side one. I was on a mastermind call a week ago and majority of the people on this call all amazing human beings knew what we're building with a success finder, but we had two new people in there and I didn't account for that audience. When people are asking me, Hey, where are we at? What do we want? You know, where's that? Oh, well they must know what I'm talking about. Uh, no. <laughs> and so finding a way to be able to explain what you do inside of 30 to 60 seconds to help people frame that. If you have to ex- take five minutes to explain it, it's probably too long, but if you can do it inside of 30 to 60 seconds, then it brings them in and, I'm fortunate. They both reached out to me and they're like, Hey, so we're not really understanding what you're doing, but it sounds really cool. So think about your audience and the people around you, just because someone else understands it. There's other people always listening and watching. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, also terminology or lingo can be part of that challenge. You know, if you're in a specific industry, there's terminology that everyone in the industry will likely recognize, but if they're not in the industry, it may mean squat to them. It can sound like a foreign language. So it's really, it is important to know your audience and to just clarify what you mean by something or maybe not use a lingo. Yeah. If you have to lingo it up, you know, like a little salsa dance, probably the, you know, you need to make sure a six-year-old can understand it, then you're good. That's Six-year-old gets it, you're good to go. So, you know, the people that you work with, I have a feeling they have a way of surprising you from time to time. Their willingness, their drive, their grit, their grind, whatever it is. Give us a success story of someone that worked with you and the outcome even to them was just like, it was kind of mind-bending, like, oh my gosh, like going and working with Jane, I was able to now go from here to here. So I had a client named May who wanted to write a book. She has a methodology that helps women find love and find a really deep and um, endearing love. And so I spoke to her. And one of the things that I like to do when I speak to a new client is just really understand what they do, who they serve, what their goals are. Because I can have five people come to me who want to write a book or they want more visibility, but they may not be after the same goals. So just really understand what their goal is so that we can do our best to get them there. And so I worked with May on the book. We published the book and she got her first print copy of the book. And she sent me a photo of her holding the book. And she said, I feel like I'm holding my baby for the first time. She said, that's, I I haven't felt like this since I had my daughter. It was just one of those moments. And then if I can just build on that. So I was at a conference with May later that year and she came running over to me and she was so excited. I said, what's going on? She said, I can't believe it. I just checked my um, phone and I got this Facebook message. Somebody had read the book and they read some of my posts and they said, I have to work with you. Where do I sign up? So she landed a multiple thousand dollar coaching 
package. She hadn't even spoken to the person yet. They're like, where can I give you my credit card? And this was just based on her taking the steps to put herself out there to share her methodology and the way that she was helping women. And it was resonating. And that was just really, really exciting. Yeah. So just being intentional. Yeah. That's being intentional and and having that moment to where it's you're holding your child or, you know, something of it. And you were able to be a part of that. I've got to imagine when when you get to do that and that's that happens more often than not like the the goosebumps and just like the 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 positive vibration then you're able to go and and emit to other people so i i appreciate you sharing that and i i've got to imagine she still is just on cloud 9 when she gets to do things yeah, like that yeah i yeah i feel honored to and privileged to be able to do that yeah you know, when, when we do the solo shows, we talk about success and the pillars of success and, and, and what it takes to be successful. And I'll throw out a few words, mentorship, partnerships, experimentation, willingness to fail. And on the flip side, willingness to define success, because when you define success, you in essence have defined failure. And that's why so many of us just, we don't define success. It's scary. As the world is, you know, sometimes, you know, sensitive to certain things, what do you feel it takes? What is a key ingredient when it comes to being successful? Well, I think you have to be willing to try things and willing to fail and to not beat yourself up about it because it happens to everyone. If they, if you think it hasn't happened to someone, they're not being authentic and sharing. And I'm not saying everyone has to share everything that happens to them. I'm not a fan of that personally, but um, they're not being real and they're just showing you the um, the curated moments and the, you know, the, the wonderful life. So being willing to try, being willing to fail, being willing to ask for help, that's huge. You know, for, so I was a single mom for years and I just, I can do it. You know, I'm superwoman. And I, it took my getting physically sick at one point to learn that I needed to change my mindset, that it was great that I can be capable and that I have confidence in myself, but I, there are times when I, like everyone need help and I needed to have enough self-care in place to recognize when I was getting to that point, because usually when you're at that point, you're, it's too late, you know? And so it's really important to do that. And so I think it's also some self-awareness and then the ability to evolve and, and knowing that you need to evolve that what got you to maybe a thousand dollars a month as an entrepreneur is not the same skill set or mindset that's going to get you to ten thousand or fifty thousand a month if that's your goal or a hundred thousand a month, whatever it is. You know, so you need to evolve, and sometimes you also need to be in a different mastermind. Sometimes you need you need to up level your mastermind and the people that you're spending time with. Not that you should necessarily abandon those people, but you have a finite amount of time. And your listeners have probably heard this said, I think Jim Rohn was the one who said it, a um, very respected business consultant in the corporate world. And he said that you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. So you have to choose wisely who you're spending your time with because we pick up things from them, you know? Yeah. And having the right people around you, realizing sometimes you're going to have to get rid of people in your life because you don't serve them any more than they're serving you. It's okay. Asking for help. We talked about this a little bit ago. It's okay. People respect you for saying, I don't know. I need help. And then I'm going to ask a a question. I hope you, I hope you don't mind. You'd mentioned that when you were a single mom, you realized that you were, you know, just physically and emotionally, like you had just gone far, so far down that it was, it was making you 
ill of some sort. Were you in masterminds and coaching at that time? And did that play any, if you weren't, would that have helped you through that? Cause you're the people around you would have said, ah, Jane, here's yeah. this. Would you expand yeah, on that good a little question. bit? So I was not in masterminds. I did go through some coaching programs at the time. And the problem with the coaching programs, I can honestly say I signed up with a couple of people who are really good marketers and they had had success with what they did. But the challenge that I see now and why I don't, one of the reasons I'll say that I wasn't successful the way I wanted to be with their programs was because they were selling their solution, which worked for them, right? And what I have found and what I do with all of my clients is there's no one size fits all solution. You know, when it comes to like book publishing or PR, there are some industry standards, but it's your book, it's your life, it's your like PR campaign. Like if you don't want to be on TV, don't be on TV. And anyone who's trying to push you to do it, they're not on your side. I mean, I'll want to know why you don't want to do it. And can we get you some media coaching or have your hair done so you have the confidence to do it if it's going to serve you? But if it really, really, really is something you don't want to do, then for God's sake, don't, you know, don't do it. So I don't believe in the one size fits all. Had I been in a mastermind, to go back to your question, I believe I would have had a lot of the support that I needed. Or people said to me, you need to take some time for Jane. Like, I hear you, you're stressed, or it sounds like you're overwhelmed. How can we support you? Or here are some resources. So I definitely think that would have helped. Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that and going a little bit deeper in there. So yeah. not only I can get to know you better, but but anyone out there listening saying, hey, this happens. You're not alone in this whatsoever. So, uh, you know, a few questions left here. I think there's always new ideas brewing in times of prosperity. It's like, it's easier to win when the world is winning, you know, the money gates, the positive gates, they, they just, they're able to open. But I think creativity and ingenuity come when we feel the squeeze and the world's still feeling the squeeze. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? So I'm really excited about a program that I run called Magnify Your Message. And that is a small group coaching program where I work with entrepreneurs. Uh, I call them change makers, but they could be coaches, consultants, authors who want to make a difference in the world and have a message and maybe a methodology and maybe a book that they want to have more visibility around and want to impact more people. So I work with them to help them get more visible. And I teach them the basics of PR and how to create more authority positioning and how to just put in some simple systems so they can do it themselves or how they can go and outsource at least some of it. So it's not all about training you how to, you have to hire a big expensive PR firm because that's not for a lot of us. Yeah, so absolutely. I love the interaction. I love seeing them grow get the visibility that they deserve and that they're seeking. And I feel like in turn, they're making an impact. So I feel like I'm helping make that impact as well. That ripple that you mentioned earlier, you know? Yeah. The mountain and the ocean, the pebble and the pond, they both have a long-term lasting effect. If you're leading with the give mentality and you're wanting to build a life of purpose with people around you that actually want to be, to, to make changes, real, real changes out there. All right. Last one for you. What's a tip a tactic, an actual item that if anyone listening to this right now implemented over the next 30, 60, 90 days, they'd see a real impact on their personal or business life. Yeah. So I have a, 
a little thing that we do in my program that anyone can do, and it can work wonders for everyone. And it's, I call it hug an influencer, but it could be hugging anyone. What do I mean by hugging? It's really helping to support anybody. So it's commenting on a blog post of theirs, sharing something that they've posted. If you're looking to be on a podcast or connect with the media, you can do the same for them. Comment, like, share, just let someone know you appreciate them or that their article meant something to you and brought value. And it's so it's just appreciating people and then helping them get what they want. You know, uh, you may have shared this on the show before. One of my favorite quotes from Zieg Ziegler, if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. So it, and it also makes you feel good. You know, sometimes I'm sure we all the listeners and you and I have had this. I know I have had this experience many times. You publish a post on social media, you send out your newsletter, you publish a blog post and you hear crickets and you think, I suck. (laughs) You think I'm no good at this. I'm never going to be good at this. No one's listening. No one cares. And you think, why bother? And so just one person commenting, sharing, liking just makes such a big difference because there are often people reading. They're just lurking, though. They're not commenting. It doesn't mean it didn't give them value. They're just not telling you that. So be the person who does that, shares, likes, comments, and then you can build the relation. You'd be amazed at the relationships you can build by doing that and start getting invitations. People start to notice you. They want to know how they can support you. It's just a beautiful thing. And it's fun. And honestly, my last cohort of Magnify Your Message, all the students said, we love the hug and influencer the most. And they've all been getting great results from that. Yeah. And I, I can tell you what, what Jane's saying is true on both ends from a result leader and influencer when, when they see that their, their message is making an impact and people give genuine stuff. They don't make the how's the weather comment. I, I can't stand the how's the weather comment. That's just a placeholder, by the way, anybody. But they see that it's making real impact and people reach out to them. That means the world to them. And that lets them know like, hey, let's keep moving forward. And then in turn, if you're wanting to work with that person, geez, what a gateway to get there. It's, it's to be honest with you, because of how I built the podcast or the success finder, or whatever, like I wouldn't have had a, a doorway to, to, to Jane and not, not saying that Jane's unattainable, but like, I wouldn't have known how to have that. So having those mediums to be able to connect with and work with is so important. Your last message, I'm telling you, whoever's listening do it, it doesn't take that much time and it'll reverberate. It'll come back around. Zig Ziglar is yes. so correct. Lead with the give mentality. That's what he's talking about right there. And then it just comes back. Exactly. So, and it's fun. It is. It really is. Because you'll find other like-minded people that you might say, oh my gosh, you know, we're the same. And you get to work with them. So we have got the founder of Simply Good Press. Jane, thank you so much for today. Thanks for having me, Brandon. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode.